Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Wednesday to you, Golden Eagle fans listening across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Got a great show for you today. Jared Rigby, a senior basketball player for Southern Miss, to join us in just a few moments. Later, we'll be joined by Heath Hinton of uh, the Big Gold Nation talking about the Eagles' road win last night against Troy as they knocked down the Troy Trojans 9-7. to But right now, the Southern Miss uh, Lady Eagle basketball team in overtime against Marshall, uh, 66-65. Marshall leads with about two minutes to go. They're uh, actually in a review right now. Kelsey Jones fouled, and they're they're checking out to see whether it was a flagrant or not. But the Lady Eagles in overtime in a first-round game against uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickey's Barbecue, located in a neighborhood near you. Lots of baseball going on. Get Dickey's uh, to sponsor your next event or go by and see them. Go see the home team at Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. Dickey's cooked here. Loved Everywhere, Kelly Sander, how's your Wednesday going? Uh, allergies, I think, are, are on the decline here, Luke. I'm, I think I'm I'm heavily medicated on on everything, of course, prescription that you can get, and uh, so things are are <laughs> looking a little bit and feeling a little bit better. On our Super Talk Mississippi Sports Line is Jared Rigby, some senior basketball player for Jay Ladner's Golden Eagles. Jared played his high school basketball at Saint Stanislaus, where Jay Ladner was at one time. Then went on to Southeastern Louisiana, where Jay Ladner coached at one time and then uh, Jared Rigby left for Pearl River Community College and he and his teammates there really started what is now getting to be a historic run at Pearl River the Wildcats the number one basketball seed in the NJCAA National Tournament in Hutchinson Kansas but from PRC it's on to Southern Miss where he is reunited with uh, Jay Ladner Jared good to have you with us man how are you Good. How are y'all? Man, before we talk about your Southern Miss career, what about those Wildcats, man? What's going on down there in Pop Vegas? Oh, yeah, man. That's a real happy for that program. Uh, You know, my my first year there, we actually didn't make the playoffs. And the second year there was kind of when I think Coach got it rolling. You know, we won the state championship, ended up losing in the regional championship. But ever since then, it's like the program's just taken off. And yeah, now as we mentioned, they're the number one seed at the at the uh, national tournament next week in uh, in Hutchinson, Kansas. So Jared, you, you get reunited with uh, Coach Ladner at Southern Miss. Obviously, there's something about your skill set, both personally and athletically, that Jay Ladner likes because you guys always seem to to find each other. Tell us about how you wound up at, at Southern Miss, and what is it about your skill set you think that Coach Ladner likes spe- specifically? Uh, well, you know. As, as y'all were saying, you know, me and Coach Ladner have always had a connection. Uh, me growing up in Bay St. Louis when he was the coach at St. Stanislaus. And, uh, you know, when he had Stanislaus rolling, you know, going to Jackson every year, making the state tournament, all of that, I was just a little kid, probably fourth, fifth, sixth grade. You know, I, I don't really remember missing too many of those games. It was such a, a great culture and atmosphere he had there. 
So, you know, he always knew me. And then um, I, I actually went to Santa Claus, 7th, 8th grade. He was still the coach. And, you know, we always had a, a good relationship, uh, just being, being in the program. You know, I'm always around. And, uh, you know, when I was going in the ninth grade, that's when he left Santa Claus. You know, it was a really sad day. I remember that. I actually remember it very vividly, you know. And uh, just always kind of stayed in touch. I had a really successful career over at Santa Claus. And um, that's when Coach had taken a job at Southeastern Louisiana. And uh, late, late my senior year, or I've always, I was always staying in touch with him, but late my senior year, I started talking to him a lot. You know, I had some different options coming out of high school, but uh, I was kind of a smaller guy. You know, I, I wanted another year to grow and mature and whatnot physically. So um, he offered me the the, uh, the opportunity to come to the Southeast, and I told him I wanted the red shirt there. And, you know, we were on the same page, and uh, you know, every, everything was great there at Southeastern. Uh, they had a lot of guys coming back, so that's that's the reason why I wanted to, you know, go to Pearl River, go to the Duco route, you know, hopefully get some more playing time, get some experience. And uh, actually, after Pearl River, last year I was just a, a regular student here at Southern Miss. wasn't playing basketball or anything. I had some small offers out of Pearl River. Could have gone to some smaller schools, non-D1 schools, but I just decided to, you know, stick around the area and just, you know, finish up, finish up my uh, school. But uh, last year, towards the end of the year, when Coach Vladimir got the job, you know, that was just an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. You know, I had to, I knew I had to get in touch with him, see if I could uh, walk on for the year and just be a part of this experience. I'm just so grateful and so, so happy that he gave me the opportunity. Yeah, but I mean, to be out of the game a year, to knock the, the dust off, I'm sure you were playing, you know, uh, recreational basketball or intramurals or something like that. But man, that had to be really difficult to play at that level after sitting out a year, essentially. Uh, yeah, so last year when I was just a normal student, it was it was really weird. It took a lot of adjusting, you know, because it was the first it was the first time in my life where I didn't have basketball practice or wasn't a part of the team, and uh, it was definitely tough to adjust. I had a pretty big uh, workload academically, so that kind of that kind of had my attention, you know, kept me busy. But it was definitely it was definitely rough not being a part of the team and whatnot. But uh, I uh, I stayed in shape. And I did play. I played in the over here in the rec center, the pain center, a lot. And uh, you know, but I, I always something deep inside of me just I, I didn't feel like I was done playing yet. I didn't. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have any necessary or any specific plans to play the following year. But it was just something in me. You know, every time somebody would ask me, "You done playing basketball?" I'd be like, "Yeah, well, I'm, for now I am." But you know, I don't know what the future holds. And uh, you know, I remember. I remember when Coach Latin got the job, it was just like, man, like, I, you know, I can't pass up this opportunity. But it was definitely a, it was definitely tough kind of reacclimating for a little bit. I know when we came here during the summer, I feel like the first month I was just a step behind, a step slow. But, you know, it, it didn't take long to get readjusted back to the game. Jared Rigby is with us. He's a Southern basketball player, a senior. They just finished up the, the men's season talking about his road to Hattiesburg. And, Jared, you talked about, you know, going to PRC to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. With all due respect, you're still not that big of a guy, right? I mean, compared to a lot of to a lot of the other basketball players that you play against. When you were a kid coming up, did you ever eat, ever meet with the adversity from parents and friends saying, oh, Jared, come on, man, you're, you're too short. Is that basketball, no. Soccer, baseball, maybe, but basketball, no. Uh, you know, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there at six feet, you know, maybe probably more like five, eleven and a half. But, you know, if anybody asks, I'm going to just go ahead and tell them six feet. Oh, no, uh, tell them six, three. Well, you know. Yeah, six, three, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah so, uh, 
you know, not really. I mean, playing at Stanislaus, it wasn't like, you know, we played in the, although it's a private school, we didn't play private school ball or anything. You know, we played all the big public schools, Gulfport, Biloxi, all those schools. You know, I always had success. And, uh, you know, I never really, I knew I was smaller. And, you know, talk to you about being, being not as, as big of a guy, you know, it, it makes it tougher, obviously. But um, I was never really, you know, people never really said anything to me about that. But, you know, I always knew in my mind, you know, I got to get bigger. I got to transform my body a little bit. But, uh, oh, I mean, I always worked hard in the weight room on the court. So, I mean, I, I never really let that bother me, you know. It, it, but, I mean, I knew about it. I, it was in my head, but I never let it bother me. Yeah, well, good good for you. I mean, and when you look at this Southern Miss men's basketball team this year, you guys were kind of streaky, started the season slow, but then had a three-game winning streak there in the middle and then came to pod play with four games left. And really, had things gone a little bit different, you guys could have finished fifth or sixth in the conference. It's not the way it worked out. I know you were disappointed with, with the way it finished. But now that it's, now that it's all over with, and it probably seems like it was just a flash from the season starting to the season ending, um, your overall thought of, of the, the season as a whole and, and your part of it? Uh, you know, it, it was a lot of ups and downs. Uh, personally, for me, I mean, I love basketball so much that regardless of the outcome, it, it's, an, it's, it's an experience that I cherish. You know, I... I never take for granted, but you know, as a team, we would have would have obviously liked to done a little better and had a little more success. But I mean, you know, I think this year, you know, it's part of the rebuilding process. You know, and Coach Ladner coming in his first year, I mean, the team last year, you know, losing so many guys and losing the core to the team, and then coming in this year, you got guys that you know haven't really played much together. It's basically like guys barely know each other. You know, and you come in, in the summer, you work so hard to get ready for the year and prepare for the year, but it's you know, it, it, it's a process. Like I said, uh, it's, it's a perfect example of a re, of a rebuilding year. You know, so uh, we would have obviously liked things to go better, but I do think that the program's definitely on the right path, especially uh, with Coach Ladner at the helm. I think the program's in great hands. You know. Well, we salute you, Jared Rigby, because uh, because of your love of the game of basketball, you walked on. You were the first guy in the gym. You were the last one to leave. Coach Ladner, and this uh, this went viral. This video. Coach Ladner, because of the effort that you put forth and because you were theoretically a, a walk-on, because of your work ethic, they awarded you a, a scholarship for the, the, the spring semester, and uh, that's great news. And Jared Rigby, continued success wherever life roads might take you, and thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Jared Rigby out of uh, St. Stanislaus High School, one of the seniors on the Southern Miss basketball team. Luke Johnson has been monitoring the women's first-round game at the uh, Conference USA Tournament in Katy, Texas. He'll have an update on that, and we'll tell you what's still to come on the Eagle Hour on the other side of these commercial messages. You're listening to the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday, greatly thank Jared Rigby and all his contributions to Southern Miss basketball. And uh, we should have Leonard Harper Baker on tomorrow, uh, another senior for Southern Miss 
Basketball, Luke, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Coming in this weekend to watch the Golden Eagles uh, take on FIU, be sure to stop by Campus Bookmark and get all of your Golden Eagle swag. You can also find them online at campusbookmark.net. Well, the Lady Eagles fall to Marshall, 71-67. Shante Hales in her first game back, 12 points, respect Lee Part, 17 uh, points, 11 rebounds, and uh, Kelsey Jones, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Lady Eagles fall in the first round and finish uh, the season 15 and 15. Baseball won last night in a neutral site, but it was uh, on the road technically. Eagles defeat Troy 9 to 7. And here to talk to us about that and among other things from the Big Gold Nation, Heath Hinton. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are y'all doing, fellas? Doing great. Thanks for thanks for stopping by today. So, big win for the Eagles last night. Um, you look at it from a uh, from a lot of different angles. Let's look at it again. Uh, one of the things that Kelly and Bob and I talked about yesterday was with a young team, you're always asking the question, how will they respond to adversity? Golden Eagles were down seven to two in the sixth and come back and win nine to seven. That speaks a lot about the heart of this team. Oh, it does. And, and look, what I liked about it, you saw maturity from young players towards the end of the game and you saw pitching that was able to come in and close things down. Uh, you look at Tyler Lance, he, he pitched one inning, three strikeouts. Hunter Stanley comes in for two and gets three strikeouts, shuts them out. That's what you want to see from your baseball team going forward, especially getting ready for conference play. You know you got guys in the bullpen. You know you've got a team that even if it's down, they're not going to give up, and that's going to bode well for them in the upcoming weeks with Conference USA play happening. We talked to uh, Larry Boyd yesterday, Drew's dad, and, and I thought they might let him go a little Longer, but he did have 56 pitches and two innings. He got, he got, uh, he didn't walk anybody, but got in, in trouble a little early. But I mean, he's a pretty serviceable midweek starter for the Golden he's Eagles. He's a great midweek starter for the Eagles. Look what he did against Ole Miss. Uh, last season, if you remember, Southern Miss had problems finding that midweek starter. Didn't have that. And in fact, when one of your pitchers go down, you, you stick Etheridge in a weekend rotation, which by the way, he was fantastic this past weekend. You still, and you can still put somebody with the quality of Drew Boyd at midweek. It shows how deep this Southern Miss pitching staff is, and not only deep, but young deep as well. Kelly, um, you have coached uh, plenty of baseball players over the years. Reed Trimble is a guy, he was out with injury for about two or three weeks. Uh, a great night last night, three for five, six RBIs. How important is that? in a young player's mindset by entering conference play to have a huge midweek game like well, that? Conference, uh, confidence breeds competence. And what's what, to me the cool thing about Trimble's story is here's a guy that was committed to play at Pearl River. Okay, There, there, was, no, there was no way he was even going to Southern Miss all right, until the offer kind of fell into his lap late. Um, of course, Pearl River is very good in its own right, ranked I think number one or number two in the junior college ranks in the country. So the fact that Trimble was going to be playing junior college and now, you know, gets the offer late, accepts the offer, and now finds himself right in the spotlight and playing the way that he's playing. You talk about a guy taking advantage of his opportunities. You know, good for him. Um, but it kind of goes back to what we've, we've said before, that a lot of these on-paper freshmen have played at such high levels, you know, in these uh, tournaments coming up at th- as high school kids at national caliber tournaments. They're ready to go. They might be young, but I mean they're they're ready to go. So I'm not. I can't say that I'm surprised. And good for him. 
Heath, uh, your, your thoughts about Trimble and another guy uh, I want you to talk about, uh, Andrew Stanley. He went two for four last night. He's batting three ten on the year, really holding behind the plate pretty good. How about Stanley? That's something we didn't have last year behind the plate was offensive. Uh, was offensive production at a high level. We got it, you know, every now and then from Cole, and Cole's a great defensive catcher. But Stanley's been able to do a great job defensively, but he's come in and given the Eagles something they didn't have last year, which was uh, somebody at the bottom of the order that's hitting, that's hitting for a high average, putting the ball in play, driving runs in. And then right behind him, you think, you know, you're talking about young kids, Dustin Dickerson. Mm-hmm. What about the freshman batting ninth, 291 on the season? He's got a great glove at shortstop. The, it's the young kids, it's the new faces that Scott Berry's put in place, and, you know, it, it's working. It's working for Southern Miss. Going into the weekend, FIU comes in. What's your feel of Conference USA? We, we were asking uh, a few different people this over the last couple weeks. Old Dominion appears to be uh, rebounded. They were good for several years and then have been slacked off a little bit. Looks like UTSA just didn't really play anybody, and that, that jacked up their win count. What's what's the uh, is there anybody we're not talking about other than you know La Tech, FAU, um, and and of course the Eagles and, and what's your take on the on the conference? I think you got to watch out for Rice. They were hot at the end of the last season, played well. That's a school that has the facilities, the fan base to come back. And, and uh, you know Wayne Graham left. It's going to take a couple of years. I think they're in year two of the rebuild after Wayne Graham. That's a program that you have to watch out for. I think they're actually going to be a lot better this year. Uh, La Tech, it's going to be tough on them because they don't have a home field advantage to play on. Heck, they're playing three games, uh, three series at Smith Wheels. Uh, UTSA is a team that's always hot. It's tough to play at their place because it's, I mean, you're playing at a, a Dixie, Dixie Majors field pretty much. They call it a birdbath because it's, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. Um, you know, FIU, uh, FAU, Usually two pretty good teams. ODU, we'll see if they'll rebound, but you're right about UTSA and, and the elevated wins and losses because of competition. I think Southern Miss is uh, probably look the best of all conference teams yeah. right now. Hey, Luke, if, if I can interrupt here, you guys, I'm, I'm really Go sorry. Ahead. Just some late-breaking news uh, coming across the wire. Because of the old buddy, our old buddy, the uh, coronavirus, the CBI, the postseason basketball tournament, CBI, they are, have just announced – will not take place this year. The wow. CBI has canceled their postseason tournament before it ever before invitations even went out. No CBI tournament this year because of the coronavirus. Okay, back to you guys. Yeah, and, and so you're you're wondering how that's gonna impact baseball. Ivy League announced yesterday no postseason for uh, men's or women's the automatic bid from the Ivy League in both uh, in both sides of that conference. the regular season champion goes. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect baseball, but we're going to play baseball at the Pete um, this This weekend. weekend. Projection-wise, Shepard back, or are they going to uh, keep it like last week? You hold him. As long as Ben Etheridge is doing what he's doing on the mound and you get a good performance from best, and and, you know know what you're going to get from Walker Powell, even though he gives up a few runs, because of the way he pitches, because of that sinker ball, he's able to control things. I think you leave it the way it is, and you give him a lot, as much time as he needs to come back. There's no reason to rush at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of the same opinion. All right, tell our listeners, you got to spend last weekend, we just talked to Jared Rigby and one of the, the four seniors who's departing, and you got to take a trip to, to Middle Tennessee, which was pretty special. Got to spend a, a weekend. It seemed as if you were not hanging out at that time with a 9-21 and 21 team. It seemed like no. there was a lot more... 
there was a lot more energy and hope than typically a team with that record. And I can tell you this, a lot of that goes to uh, Coach Ladner and his staff and, and the positivity that they present. Also, the guys really wanted to win. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, Leonard Harper Baker, uh, you look at Jack Domey, uh, Rigby, um, young man's name is is, blown, is going off of my mind, but um, uh, you know they wanted to win that game and they were upset at the end and they played hard. When you take a team to overtime on the road like that, you didn't go in there trying to give up, and that's what they were trying to fight to keep from happening. Coach Ladner had the guys speak to each other. I thought they did a masterful job. I thought that you know this team is young this team is young they also only two guards really yeah. playing i mean you look at their team full of forwards and two guards right and last year it was the complete it, opposite. opposite kelly kelly i know you're excited about the offseason because that means hardy from pearl river is going to take over the uh, the court next year for the eagles and i asked uh, and i asked coach ladner in just personal discussions i said are jay just let us have it are we as media overselling tay hardy and he said no you're not, and and he said the thing that 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 really might be being undersold is what a good kid he is, you know. And so when you look at a leader on the court, you not only guy that you not only want a guy that has the skills that he has, but leadership goes more than just being on the court; it's off the court as well, you know. And again, this is a kid that wants to develop computer software, so he's brilliant. Um, has some great leadership skills, and oh by the way, is pretty talented on the basketball court too. So he fits all got- those boxes. I, I'm sorry, Kelly. I got to uh, I got to talk to Coach Ladner about this certain situation about the upcoming season, and I promise you, there's some things in the pipeline, some stuff that's happening that is going to make this team a lot better next year. When you're talking about the point guard from PRCC, Jay Ladner goes best point guard from best best JUCO point guard from best JUCO team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, add him, you know, you get. You get Malone probably is going to come back next year. You get the, you know, you get some guys that are maybe coming in. But I think this team's going to be exciting next yeah. year. Well, it's a, it's always sad to see both uh, men's and women's come to an end as Lady Eagles uh, came today. But a lot of promise, and uh, we uh, again especially thank those four. Southern Miss uh, Golden Eagle seniors who are signing off and, and ending their careers. Linder Harper-Baker, supposed to be on the show tomorrow. Look forward to talking to him. Heath, always good talking to you. You can check Heath Hinton out on BigGoldNation.com. Thanks for stopping by, buddy. Thank you, buddy. We'll take a break. Kelly and I uh, will talk more uh, about baseball, basketball, and all things Southern Miss right after this on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour continues on the Super Talk Mississippi family of stations across the state. I'm Kelly Sander in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in, of course, this is contractually obligated. Say it. Now. Beautiful. Say it. Downtown Laurel. <laughs> so, For the we, TV show. What are we supposed to say? Somewhat marginally West Hattiesburg? Somewhat Something marginal like West Hattiesburg? Anyway, this segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, one of our favorite places to pregame prior to Southern Miss sporting events. Whether you're going to Pete Taylor Park, Reed Green Coliseum, or 
M.M. Roberts Stadium, which 4th Street is right in the shadow of. It's the home of the 895 Lunch, which includes your soft drink and the menu constantly changing. Tomorrow, it is pork chops. Pork chops. Uh, I was going to go into the Peter Brady thing. Pork chops and applesauce. But uh, that's tomorrow at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Always some games going on, too. The great place to shoot pool uh, in Hattiesburg. Four tables always working. As we continue here on this Wednesday, Luke Johnson, some more late-breaking news. We told you the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational, has been canceled this year before it even gets off the ground. It is a postseason basketball tournament because of the coronavirus. The CBI has canceled its tournament now. Major League is reporting that the Seattle Mariners, the Seattle Mariners now are canceling games that are scheduled to be played in Seattle for the month of March. That's not a big, it's not a big number of games, but seven games now, it looks like, in Seattle now will not be played because of the, the coronavirus. So lots of things are shaking. The news literally by the hour changing as far as sporting events are concerned. But we want to talk about uh, Southern Miss and the Lady Eagles just came up a little bit short today, Luke, in overtime. Yeah, they did. They were actually up 60-58 to 58 with uh, 10 seconds to go in regulation, and and uh, there was a, a little cheap foul in the lane. And, and uh, so Marshall hit those two, sent it to overtime, and then Marshall hit a couple big shots. So they're misresponding back. Shante Hale's fault to the, to the last second. And uh, kind of the turning point in overtime – uh, it was right when we went on air. I was telling you what was happening. About two minutes to go, Kelsey Jones got the ball down low, and she turned, and because she's taller than everybody, she turned uh, with the ball over her head really sharp, and she she elbowed a Marshall uh, player in, in around the nose. She made the basket, but they called the basket off, and the Eagles would have tied it there. But uh, basically, Marshall got two possessions ahead, and and so the Lady Eagles drop a seventy-one sixty-seven. Game in the first round of the Conference uh, USA Basketball Tournament. Uh, the Lady Herd advances to take on Rice, and the Lady Eagles end their season at 15-15. and 15. Also going on college football now. It's, it's the offseason, but it's during the offseason that you obviously prepare for the upcoming season. And one of the things athletic directors are having to deal with across the country, Luke Johnson, is numbers. Numbers do not lie, and according to reports out, CBS Sportsline is reporting that Across the face of college football, attendance figures are the lowest they've been since 1989. 1989, the lowest attendance figures. So what's going on, Luke? I know you've been able to, to kind of look at this uh, situation. Ole Miss was actually cited in the article as one of the schools who's been hit hardest by the low attendance numbers. Now, remember, Ole Miss is an SEC school, and they did have kind of a rough season by Ole Miss standards, but still, something's going on in the landscape of college football or America as a whole. What are your thoughts, Luke? I think there's a cultural aspect to it. Um, If you look at it specifically, this article, it's at CBSSports.com. 2008 was the all-time high, so it was at 46,971, which was the average FBS attendance. And if you remember, technically to be a part of uh, FBS and, and the lower uh, the lower division of that is FCS, the, where they have actually have a playoff, 16-team uh, playoff. FBS is where Southern Miss and, and what you think the group of five and the Power Five are. So... Um, 
to, to get into that, you actually have to have like a sustained average attendance goes in there. So when you take Michigan at the highest attendance and you take uh, maybe possibly a MAC school or maybe even a Conference USA school at the bottom and you put them all together, 46,971, that was the highest in 2008. 2019, 41,477. So in 11 years or 12 years, we have dropped roughly – 5,500 fans per game. Doesn't sound like much, but when you look at Kelly, they have not reached that all-time high again. It has gone down substantially in the last 12 years. Here's real quick. Number one, I think that all of these massive TV deals that uh, the Power Five specifically are getting, Southern Miss uh, was was able, not money-wise, but exposure-wise, you get one with the NFL Network last year, I think that is hurting the schools. So in one way, the school is being benefited from TV. Uh, but in ticket sales, which is you could argue that with how bad Conference USA's TV deal was uh, before they, they changed it the last couple of years, ticket revenue was the number one. You could argue that because the TV deal was so bad. I mean, they got like $200,000 a year before they renegotiated. So what is hurting or what is helping um, some schools, I think, is hurting because everybody has options. You can sit there on your phone. You can uh, watch something. You can stream something from TV. You can get ESPN+. Plus. You can uh, hook up your Apple TV or your Roku, and you can watch all that stuff. I think culturally speaking, we're so addicted to our phones that people could be sitting in a live amazing event, and they could be playing like uh, you know Candy Crush on their phone, and it's just because – our our minds and our and our relationships now are wired around what we hold in our hand. And the article goes on to state that uh, with when they interviewed college students, students say they're leaving at halftime. That the games themselves are almost secondary to the social event, and that they leave at halftime. The number one excuse that disgruntled fans or people who don't go to football, in this case, college football games like they used to, the number one complaint they had about the experience was, what would you guess, listeners? Parking. Parking is the number one complaint. Not enough parking. Parking too far away from the facilities. I'm not sure that you can just wave a magic wand and take care of that, Luke. That just kind of is part of the experience. That, that's a tough one well, that's a- to overcome. That's a cultural, but but at the same time, that is a cultural issue. And the reason for that is it is because we are a now 5G, fast food, have it now, the way that I want it. Everything has to be catered. I mean, it is it is an unhealthy form of consumerism. I mean, we even see it, uh, it's particularly now in the South, you know, even in, in churches. You know, it's just the question is not – what can I do for everyone else? It's what can you do for me right this very second. And so, yeah, if, if a school like Southern Miss or anybody else, they're going to give their circle of champions or their highest boosters the best parking spots. I mean, that's just the way the world works, and nobody likes to be told no anymore. Money talks, and you know what walks. So I guess Joe Biden's buddy yesterday is walking, uh, <laughs> according to what he had to say. But it is, and, and we're kind of, we're joking about that situation yesterday, but the, the, whole, the whole horizon of college football is at a real quandary right now because at most schools, college football pays the bills. And if people aren't going to college football games, new generations coming up, you're seeing 
You're seeing soccer booming at the high school level. Now, we're always kind of behind the curve in, in Mississippi, but soccer is really booming, and football numbers are suffering at the high school level. There aren't the kids, the number of kids playing football that used to play. They're playing soccer. You're seeing the advent of lacrosse now. Mississippi has a youth lacrosse league for the second year, and those, those numbers are starting to boom. So we're seeing an evolution of, of football, and financially, it's not necessarily good news. And, you know, you, you applaud the schools for trying to, to change things to make the game day experience more favorable, but it's tough to begin with when the students being raised now aren't, they're just not into sports. They, they just are, and it doesn't make it wrong. It just is what it is. They, they're not into sports like they were, say, when you grew up or I grew up. So it's a quandary, and it's going to take some creativity to, um, to come up with some answers. But when you now have some Division I schools that are going to their Board of Regents or whoever and saying, we think we need to get this. I never thought I would ever hear ADs say this. I think we need to make our stadium smaller. Did you ever think that you would hear ADs give that answer? But yet, and it's just a few isolated cases, but they'd rather have a smaller stadium full of people than a huge stadium with nobody there. I think that's something to be said, and this is not a shot at Ole Miss at all, but when you look at Ole Miss this year, they had one, no, I'm sorry, they had two uh, crowds over 50,000. You know, and and for them, a fifty thousand crowd is probably a uh, twenty two, twenty three thousand crowd for us. Yeah, LSU was there, and there were still about ten thousand seats empty. Number one, LSU. Yeah, and that's that's inexplicable. I mean, and that's that's the uh, the mother load of conferences, so to speak. You know, the SEC, nothing. So even so, even the SEC at some schools are going to have to deal with that issue. And and uh, I applaud. You know, Jeremy McLean and all the guys at Southern to try, you know, they changed up the game day experience last year and made it better in some respects, but obviously still have some some things to do. We've got a lot more to touch upon before we get out of here on this Wednesday, but we're glad that you've decided to hang out with us for the 1 to 2 o'clock hour every day. I'm Kelly Sander along with uh, Luke Johnson, producer, engineer, Dalton Stanford. We'll take a commercial break and be back in just a moment. This segment brought to you by our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Just a stone's throw here from our studio on the west side of Hattiesburg. It's uh, tax time. A lot of people getting refunds, those lucky dogs. I'm not one of them. Mm. But a lot of people, of course, will use that refund. It's a good way to put down a nice down payment on a new or pre-owned vehicle. They go through a hundred and some point check over at uh, Toyota Hattiesburg to make sure that you're getting nothing but quality because that's all they have on their lot. 601-544-9630. That's 544-9630. Glad to have with us 
one of the premier facilities in South Mississippi when it comes to automobiles, Toyota of Hattiesburg. I'm in Hattiesburg. I'm Kelly Sander. Luke Johnson is in Laurel. Luke, lots of uh, things going on. Normally, midweek games are considered Wednesday, and Conference USA has got a slate tonight. Yeah, they do. When you look at what's going to happen tonight um, in Conference USA, a lot of games last night, just four tonight, Memphis is at Middle Tennessee, Penn is at Florida Atlantic, Old Dominion at Campbell, and then just might want to check the score of this one in the in the morning. Uh, Bethune-Cookman is playing a midweek at FIU, and FIU, the Panthers are coming in this weekend. Bethune-Cookman 6-11 and overall, so uh, just may want to check the score on that one tonight, tomorrow, as that the FIU Panthers will be the Golden Eagles opponent this weekend um, at the Pete. Speaking of midweek games, Lady Eagles got a big one tonight on the softball field. They play number 21 Mississippi State at 6 p.m. It will be on radio, live stream also on Conference USA uh, TV. The Golden Eagles are 14-7, Mississippi State 24-3. First pitch at 6 p.m. tonight at the Southern Miss Softball Complex in Hattiesburg. Uh, tennis player for Southern Miss for the Lady Eagle tennis team, Ebru Yazgin, and she is from Turkey. Pretty cool to have so many international students uh, playing in, as Golden Eagles on all of our teams. She's the Conference USA Female Tennis Athlete of the Week. Tennis kind of flying under the radar right now, but the ladies' tennis team, 11-1. and one. That is the best start in uh, school history, and they will uh, this week uh, on Saturday take on Xavier of Louisiana in Hattiesburg. The next, really, yeah, the next three matches are at home, and uh, Lady Eagles off to a blazing start uh, for sure. Friday, we're going to be live at Delta World Tire in Hattiesburg. That's at 46 King Road. Invite you to swing by and see us. And if you got need something tire, get Delta World Tire to, to fix it uh, while we're there also. But it's going to be a good show, Kelly. Gabe Montenegro is going to be on the show, the starting left fielder, the junior left fielder for the Golden Eagles, leadoff hitter. And then Coach uh, Kyle Rohn, the uh, assistant head coach for men's basketball. That's a big show at Delta World Tire on Friday. Yeah, Kyle Rohn's actually going to physically you know, be there with us. Coach Ladner is, will be doing some recruiting in uh, Florida and North Carolina, uh, I believe. And Jay Ladner's not one of these guys. Obviously, it's a team effort, but uh, Jay Ladner loves recruiting. And you know, a lot of these head coaches kind of get burned out on it because most of them start as assistants, you know, and work their way up the ladder. And the way that you get to be that head coach is to really, really work hard and be thorough in recruiting. And then when you become the head coach, you you let, to a large degree, your assistants do it. Man, not Jay Ladner, buddy. He's out there. He's out there recruiting kids on his own. And uh, that kind of goes back last year when he had those summer basketball camps, which, by the way, Jay Ladner's basketball camps are available online. You can see what the dates and ages for these different different camps that are coming up this summer at um, GoldenEagleBasketballCamps.com, I believe. But uh, anyway, he's out there recruiting guys, but at his summer camp, you know, a lot of these camps, the coaches might walk down there with 10 minutes left to go in the session and say, hey, kids, I'm so-and-so. I'm glad you're here and listen to these coaches and you're going to be great. Jay Ladner was down there at the summer camps last year working for these six- and seven-year-olds himself, you know, trying to teach the kids how to dribble. You talk about the patience of Job. But he said, he said, man, if my name's on it, I'm going to be involved. I mean, I need to be involved. And I just, I just think that's a great way to be. You know, if, if you don't, you know, get burned out on it. But, man, he's like that ever-ready bunny, man. He, or energizer or whatever. Is it ever-ready or ever-energizer? I'm not sure. Dalton, you would know that. Energizer's the bunny. Okay. All right. But he just keeps going and going. 
If uh, if you missed uh, earlier segments uh, on the Eagle Hour, missed an early episode on the Eagle Hour, you can always go to supertalk.fm. You can go on demand. Dalton, where else are we on uh, the interwebs? Well, you can listen to us, like you said, on uh, the Supertalk website via SoundCloud, or you can check us out on your favorite podcast platform, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Now, what, the, what was Golden the first Eagles. one you mentioned? What was Spotify. The- but, so why can't you? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I, no, no, no. What's your question? I, I don't know what the question is. I'm just saying. Why can't, can't you just go on the computer and and type in Eagle Hour? Well, I mean, if you did, it probably. If you type would just in Kelly Sander. What happens if you type in Kelly Sander? And uh, I don't know. I need to renew my antivirus. Mister Universe, nineteen forty two. Is that nineteen forty two? Did Dalton say he'd have to update his antivirus? Holy cow! <laughs> I, I, you know, wow. I think that's computer talk, but I think it was a shot too. I'm not sure, but I think it was a shot. Uh, we'll, we'll let you uh, say that out for yourself. No telling. Nobody knows. Golden Eagles defeat <laughs> Troy last night, nine to seven. They come back being down seven to two and and pull one out. That was a big win on the road and get ready for conference opener in just about forty eight hours. We appreciate you joining us today on the Eagle Hour. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Mississippi Media Production.